Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are going to talk about hosting and facilitating and what are the differences between those roles. And I think it's not only good to know if you are in one of those roles, but also if you're an attendee and you are coming to meetings and there should be some expectation of what, about what you can expect. And if you don't know who I am by now, uh, you haven't been around, but anyway, I'm Cindy and Sheila is going to be my host today. So she's going to be assisting me. I am facilitating this call. So that gives you some idea right there. I'm running the meeting and she is going to run the room. Uh, do you have your tennis on? I do. All right. Good. <laughs> so let's let's just jump in and talk a little bit about there's not a big crowd, which is just fine. And oh, thank you, Desiree, for also being willing to stream for us today. So we are on the community channel. And Mika is my sidekick over here. Hi, Mika. Hi. Um, and she'll help fill in the blanks that I might forget. Uh you know, we've been doing this for six months now, and it, it's hard to believe, but six months and over 1,100 calls, and I, we may have learned something, uh, but I can tell you what, what I know today, I didn't know six months ago. There's no doubt about that, and I feel like even in the last month, I've learned a great deal, and so as we do these calls and I have to clarify things for more people, it brings clarity for me as well. It, it allows me to verbalize some things that maybe I know in my head, but you don't, you might not know as the host or facilitator. And it's really driving me to recognize the need for setting some standards that are communicated across the board to everybody. So with that said, um, I definitely will have opportunity for you guys to ask questions and for us to try and make things as clear as possible. Uh, so hang in there with me and let's go for it. A host in Zoom terms is the person that owns the account. And obviously the person that owns the account, when we think about most organizations, it's not going to be just one person that hosts a meeting. But that word host, I think of it as like the person that comes to the door, unlocks the building, and is taking responsibility for any activity that takes place in that room. So the host's responsibility is the room, the security of it, and they also serve as the mic runner. They are behind the scenes supporting the facilitator or moderator. So they need to be concerned about people unmuting themselves and saying things that might be inappropriate. If chat is available, they would want to make sure that the chat is staying respectable, respectful, safe, and they are the ones that are going to respond if we end up with a Zoom bomber, and a Zoom bomber, an unwanted 
person in the room that's there to cause havoc. We have a lot of things set up on our accounts to ensure or dissuade the unwanted from happening. And we don't post any of our Zoom information on websites. We require a passcode. And in most of our meetings, we do not have chat enabled. And people just attending cannot screen share. And all of these things really are for the protection of what goes on in the room. Uh, Now, some meetings may want to have screen share, may want to have chat. If a meeting wants that, then really it's up to the facilitator to communicate that when scheduling the meeting. And of course, right now, I am really mainly referring to the meetings that go on on ACB accounts. So I have two accounts that are designated for the community. And then I have one account that I share with Mika that I do use for several of our calls as well. So we're using three accounts that when I give that hostmanship over to somebody, it is my expectation that my hosts are going to take great care in the security and what happens in that room, what takes place in that room. And they are acting kind of as my representative at that point. And it is also my expectation that when a host is hosting a meeting on another person's account, which that happens as well. Sheila has her own account. She does two calls on. And when those calls happen, we might bring in a host for those calls. She should be able to also expect that same um, level of professionalism and security that I expect when somebody takes over my account. Sometimes I stay in the room. Sometimes I don't. When I leave, I am entrusting my account to whoever is acting as host. So this has nothing to do with the meeting itself. I'm talking right now really all about security. Somebody starts yelling, somebody starts cursing, somebody starts, you know, whether it's profanity or sexual conversation or, you know, pictures or videos that are inappropriate. If something like that were to happen, a host's job would be to remove that, uh, that disruption immediately and it can be done in, in a few ways. Uh, sometimes it's hard to find the culprit. And so it could be done by ending the meeting. That would be a last resort. But it could be done. And I wouldn't fault anybody if something really bad was going on and they couldn't find it. And, you know, you can end the meeting. You can start it back up and hopefully people will come back. Um Another one is if you have your waiting room enabled, you can just start tossing people into the waiting room and you're not kicking them out. And uh, then you can let people in that you want to enter back into the room. Another way that a host can take care of business is to 
uh, remove them from the meeting altogether and they won't be able to come back into that meeting. Doesn't mean they won't be able to come back to any of our calls, but, and I just want to say, and this has happened before, we haven't had any of these occur on my personal accounts, but we have had it happen on outside accounts and um, just a couple of times. And one in particular, the person, you know, was trying to get the the bad out of the room and they inevitably ended up removing a couple of other people that weren't the bad people. And it wasn't because they really, I mean, you're, you're in a really tough situation. You can't hear if there's music playing, we're using screen readers. There's, you know, so just please, I believe that every host is going to do their best at that given moment, but it's certainly not a moment we want to occur and we do everything we can so that it doesn't. So that is the security of a, of a room. Then I want to talk about the facilitator. So the facilitator or moderator, really I'm going to say the facilitator, the person that organizes the meeting or the call, they are responsible for what takes place if they have guest speakers, um, if they are going to have it on webinar, they need to send me, and, and I'm organizing it, they all need to send me the names and people that need to receive a webinar invite or a panelist invite. Um, <clears throat> they are responsible for the content that takes place during their one hour of time in our community, whether it's social or whether it's topic-driven, a specific presentation. Um, the presenter may want to speak for 45 minutes in the last 15 minutes, Q&A, any of that. That's all on them, and that is not the host's decision. So, <clears throat> if you are a facilitator, I want you to know that the host is there to support you, and hopefully you guys get there early and you're able to talk. So, <clears throat> another uh, another piece of that is that so the the host will ask the facilitator how do you want to handle your meeting and Sheila did that with me this this afternoon slash morning depending on where you live and I let her know that I'm going to share and then I'll take Q&A and she'll handle the raised hands and you know so there you go it's pretty easy but I'm the facilitator she is the host so her job then is to call on people when there's raised hands to allow them to talk in webinar. We actually have to allow them to talk in Zoom. It would be just saying, okay, Mika, you can talk or okay, Mika, it's your turn or okay, Mika, you can unmute or whatever it is that that host decides to use for terminology. <clears throat> uh, then the person should unmute and ask their question and and then we typically will uh, lower their hand and ask them to mute when they're done. Now, <clears throat> this can be a fine line, and I recognize that as hosts, we are wanting to help keep things moving smoothly. It is my expectation that hosts will communicate with facilitators on things like you might have eight people with their hand raised, right? Um, the host is... Is, or the facilitator is busy talking, answering questions. They do not know, you know, necessarily they don't know what 
is the number of people in the room, how many people have their hand raised, and how much time is left. So the host will likely share that kind of information with the facilitator from time to time. You have, you know, eight people and there's only seven minutes left. It's, you know, 53 after. So that might give you an idea. We're not going to get to all of the questions. Or you might say, okay, we're going to do some speed Q&A, keep it quick. And if you could mute yourself right after your question, I'll answer it as I go, right? So the facilitator might do that, or they might just decide we're not going to get to everybody, and I'm really sorry. So the end uh, decision, though, about the information that the host provides is on the facilitator. It's not the host's responsibility to stop somebody from talking, even though we want to. And it is not the host's responsibility. And in fact, I'm going to say that really hosts need to be very hyper aware of not being a participant in a call they are hosting. And um, it, it can come across as though they're taking over a meeting if this occurs. And really, there's a, we need to keep that line drawn between facilitator and host. So do I think that a host can ask questions? Of course I do. Um, and hosts cannot raise their hand. So I think that it's okay for us as a host to maybe say, um, if it's okay, I'm going to step right in here and uh, just ask a quick question myself. I'm curious, blah, 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 right? But then that's the probably end of it, right? We shouldn't be monopolizing it. We might take our one question, um, but really anything you have to say probably could wait until afterwards and maybe you could ask the facilitator or the presenter a question after the meeting is over. Um, or if there's nobody else with a question, that's a great time for a host to interject their input when they're waiting for somebody to ask a question and nobody's raising their hand. It is not the time to do it when there's 15 people with their hand raised and the host really just needs to focus on the room and taking care of business. So what I like to think about is the host is the mic runner. I mentioned that earlier. <clears throat> so you go over to the person in line or at the table and you hand them the mic and you let them know that they can talk. And when they're done, you take the mic away from them and you move on. And so if the person doesn't mute themselves and you're on to the next person, it is of course okay for the host to go and mute people that might be making noise. That that comes uh, the, the line of the, the third role, security, mic runner, and muting ninja. Um, so, you know, uh, hosts also do have that responsibility because a room or a meeting is, it's not pleasant to be in it if people are being disruptive with shuffling papers, clanking dishes, uh, you know, beeping timers, uh, phone ringing, talking to other people, dog barking, and people are trying to listen to a presentation. So, uh, I think it's always good for a facilitator and host to lay down ground rules at the start of the meeting. So, the facilitator could say, introduce their host 
and say this is, you know, we're going <clears> to, <throat> this is a social call and there's only 10 of us, so we're not going to worry about raised hands. And if people can just stay muted until it's their time to speak and, you know, the so-and-so will mute uh, any, you know, extra noise, but we'd really like people to self-moderate. So that might be one way, right? Another will be, um, okay, we're going to go through, this is a social event, and uh, we're going to go through the months, and we'll just say your birth month, and if it's you, then raise your hand, and so-and-so will call on you, or I like to call on people myself when I'm facilitating. I let my host know that, and I just ask them to lower hands. So it's, again, the host is doing what the facilitator wants them to do, and there isn't necessarily a right or wrong way unless it crosses the line of what the host's responsibilities are, which of course is security and mic runner and, you know, keeping the room nice and quiet and safe. So uh, those, those things should not be stripped away from a host as, you know, for the facilitator, from the facilitator. Uh, then the facilitator might say, <clears throat> could you explain to people how to mute and unmute themselves and how to raise their hand and so on? And then the host can give that information. So as hosts, you want to make sure that you are really good on explaining how to mute and unmute, and those are toggle, and how to raise hands and lower hands. It's a good reminder to tell people that if they lower their hand, they are taken out of the queue, and if they raise their hand again, they're put at the end of the line. So once you leave the line, you go to the back of the line if you raise your hand again. And I think it's a really good thing for us to remind people. People get impatient, especially in webinar. They may not know how many people. Uh, you can't see how many people are here. You can't see how many people are in line, how many people have the raised hand. So you might think, oh, they're not, they're ignoring me. Well, you might be seventh in line or you might be the next person in line. You lower your hand. You go back to your spot in the room. You raise your hand again. Now you're back at the back of the line. So that happens in Zoom as well as webinar. It, uh, the only difference is, is that um, you can see the names of people. But again, you don't know where you are in that line because you stay at the top of your of your participants list as participant. When it's your Zoom account, you know, Zoom likes to feed our ego and it always puts us at the top of the list. So even if you raise your hand, you are still at the top of the list. We see where you are in line. You don't see where you are in line. So as a participant, as a participant, that's really important just to remember that. Um, all right. I think I'm going to stop there for just a moment and ask Mika if there's anything that you can think of that I specifically forgot in the area of roles. I, there's a couple of things I want to mention as well, but is there anything that you No, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to mention about that, um, that it's really up to us to be, um, active stewards of the community and um and that we take pride in what we're doing you know that there's a sense there's a real sense of ownership um that i think that each of us should take as being members of the community in general but i think it goes that little bit deeper when you are hosting or or facilitating and you're you're you know, you're providing good content. You're watching to make sure that the room is safe and that participants feel safe. And 
you know, there's all these, all of these layers to it. But I think that really what it comes down to is being certain that, um, that we remember that we are all taking ownership in something that is thriving and that has grown organically and, and that we continue to do so because it's not just it, this is, this is all of us working together. Perfect. And so let's talk a little bit about security and some things, again, that we've implemented over time, and they weren't there when we started, and they are there now. And I don't have a lot of control of how people do things when it's on their own account, and they are running a meeting that has been posted on the community, at least other than choosing not to maybe publicize an event. We've not had to do that yet, and I don't want to get there. Um, but I think what Mika is saying is there's, I, I feel like there's an integrity about what we do and it is why we are where we are today. You know, um, to think that in April we had 88 calls in all and this last week we had 80 calls in all shows you the growth of this community. And we had about 600 people on our email list in June and we have 1,100 plus now. And I think that... Um, the, and, and, you know, the Facebook group is, continues to grow. And, uh, of course, this community channel, the stream that we have, uh, all of these things wouldn't have happened if we did not continue to have and operate from a place of integrity and, you know, a place of wanting to keep things respectful. And um, so what does this mean? I think it means that we don't talk badly about people in in our in our sessions together. You never know who's in the room. I think it means that we hold each other up to a high standard, but we also offer some grace because everybody is going through different things during this really tough time right now. And um, none of us are perfect. And boy, I'm the first to admit that. And thank goodness I have people that are so forgiving and have really offered me a lot of grace over the last six months. I just saw Rogers in here and boy, his first few times I was supposed to get his call going, it was new and it was in the middle of a day and I I I was not I was not as good and things came up, you know, the vet came out to work on my dog and he calls and I'm waiting for my room to open. Oh my gosh. Do you guys know that there's nobody that feels worse than me <laughs> when I when I don't live up to what I the standard that I want to live up to? These are my accounts, and I have to open them, and I do have some help now, um, but it's it's still the the end result is I'm responsible for any of my accounts and everything that goes on in the community, and I wear that responsibility with great pride and really honor, but there's also great responsibility. It's just, that's what it is. And um, so hosts, one of my reminders to you, and I've asked this before, but maybe some of you forget, but I ask you to be at a room 10 minutes prior to it starting. If you get there and it is not open, it is not time for you to sit down and wait. It is time for you to text me and remind me that you are at blah, blah, blah room and it's not open yet. So um, one minute after it should have started is not the time. 10 minutes of is the time. 
because then you are giving me an opportunity. If I'm not in a position to open it, I can call on Nat or Mika to jump in and go get it open for me. But it doesn't happen with me just snapping my fingers. I have to make a phone call or text somebody. And maybe I'm on a phone and then I'm trying to multitask. And maybe, just maybe, if you look at your schedule, there are times that there are three calls or four calls at the same time. And I promise you this does happen. Sometimes three of them are on my accounts, all three of them. And, you know, maybe it's me that has to go open them all. And so, anyway, I appreciate, and nobody is bothering me if you let me know 10 minutes before. I panic and feel frustrated and other things when I get a text at a minute after it should have started. And then, by the time we get it open, it's three to five minutes after it should have started. And then, facilitators come in and they might be upset. And then, people are like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting and blah, blah, blah. Do you guys, I mean, you know, everybody knows, right? We're, we're trying, we're doing our best. And so, that could be avoided if the hosts take responsibility for your one to four calls a week and just send me a text and say, I'm here, I'm in the blah, blah, blah call. Ooh, okay, got it, got you covered. And we have then, you know, that five minutes that it might take to open that room. We're there and you with five minutes to spare. And that is the ideal. And if I haven't communicated it enough prior, I'm going to really be communicating it now. Nat is going to include it in her reminder to my hosts to please, uh, you know, send that reminder now. There's a caveat. So the hosts receive a spreadsheet from us, and it includes the day, the time, the event, the web address, the link, the account that it's on, and who's hosting. So they'll see their name, and who's facilitating, if we know, and who's streaming, if we know. All right. So that's all in in a spreadsheet. The fact is, is right next to your name as host to the left, the column to the left, it's, it, that's the account. If it says N-A, it is not my account. If it says N-A, it is not my account. And if you text me, I can't help you. Um, and in that case, unless you know the person whose account it's on, and again, you can look and see who's facilitating if it's, you know, uh, an, or, an affiliate um, it might say that, and you might text me and I might be able to tell you it's such and such affiliate or whatever, but there's not a lot I can do. But if it says CH, COM, WEB for webinar, and CM, any of those as host, those are all ones I am ultimately responsible to open. And I appreciate you guys dropping that text 10 minutes prior to uh, jumping in. I'm not going to give my phone number out to everybody. My hosts have my phone number. They're the main ones that need to know it. So, um, and and I welcome that text. Um, okay, so that, I want to talk about phone numbers. I think there's been some confusion. So, I want to clarify really my position and what I would like hosts' position to be with phone numbers. So, I think it's nice when we are in a meeting in a Zoom call. If we can call people by their name 
And so if we have time and you're in that room in advance and people come in and you see a phone number and you want to say 510, what's your name? 360, what's your name? And you want to rename them, that is great. And um, then when they raise their hand, you can call on, you can call on, you know, whoever it might be by their first name opposed to a phone number. It's not required of you. And if it's a hardship for you to do that, then don't do it. Um, but the ones that I absolutely want identified are Zoom user, caller, call in user one, or you know, one of those, because uh, those are people that are coming in with a phone number that is um, what is what blocked a blocked phone number, <clears throat> and uh, really there's no need for anybody to come in with a blocked phone number on our accounts because. We have them masked, but I recognize not everybody is doing that. I've encouraged it for people that have other accounts to mask their phone numbers. So it doesn't show everybody's, you know, it doesn't show your whole phone number. So that's a good thing. But if you are a call-in user, uh, if you think your number's blocked, a host might ask you to identify yourself. And if you don't, if you refuse to, in a webinar, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to unmute you. I'm not going to give you that mute button. So in webinar, you don't have the mute button or unmute button until we allow you to talk. That's what it says next to your name. Allow to talk. I allow you to talk. You suddenly can unmute yourself. But up until then, you can't. And if I ask you to unmute yourself, you choose not to and identify yourself. I will just, and I'm not going to make a big deal of it. I'm going to just disable your talking so you don't have that ability to unmute. And if you raise your hand, I'm likely not going to call on you. So, especially in webinar, because we have things that are being streamed and things that are usually things that are webinar are presentations. They're often ones that are more formal. We want them to be really nice for people. So, later for listening and so on. So, uh, but in Zoom, people can unmute themselves and, you know, we certainly can make it look like webinar. We can mute everybody as hosts. We can mute everybody and we can allow you not to unmute yourself. We do, do not typically do that, but it is an option. So I just wanted to clarify that, that really those phone numbers, it's nice if we can rename them in Zoom. Uh, I don't recommend it in webinar. It's, it's a lot of work to do. And then it doesn't really put them into alphabetical order in the list. It still keeps them up at the top and it can get confusing. But in Zoom, I, if, if you have time, yeah, rename them. It's nice for people to be more than just uh, 256. You know, they can be an actual phone number. I mean, a, a name. So, um, okay. The other thing around phone numbers and email addresses Please, facilitators and hosts, do not allow people to share their personal information in our meetings. We don't know who else is in the meeting room, and we don't want anybody to be stalked or to have their information given out to somebody that they don't want it to be given out to. Just not a good practice. And in those beginning days when we didn't know what we were doing, we'd hang out and I'd let people just give out their email addresses to each other because there was such pressure and people wanted to do it. We now have a Facebook group. People can connect there. 1,100 people are on that Facebook group. So people can connect there. And if they can't, then maybe they can email somebody that could send it to somebody else. I've forwarded many a piece 
person's information, emails that they want for directed at somebody. If I have somebody's email address, I'll just forward it on. That's no problem at all. But that is something I really strongly discourage. I don't want people sharing that personal information. If you're a facilitator and you want to give out your personal information because, you know, some topic or whatever, do like Haley did. She had a personal email. We didn't want to give that out. She created a, a professional email and um, through Gmail. And she can easily give that out. It's not her personal email. It works great. Love it. So uh, that's what I would recommend as a facilitator. If you want to be able to give more of a professional email address, then do that. Um, all right. I'm, I've gone for uh, 34 minutes. So I'm going to, I, there's probably stuff I've not addressed. If you have a question. I think you hit it pretty hard. So <laughs> yeah, I, I've tried. Um, uh, Sheila, do we have any raised hands? Lucy, you may unmute. Thank you, Sheila. And um, first of all, I, I need to just say that I appreciate the opportunity that you guys have given me to host our meetings because I just think it's such a wonderful idea and I'd love to see, you know, how, how it's grown. Um, I have two webinar questions, if you don't sure. mind. Okay. Um, first of all, if someone calls in on a landline to a webinar, can they be promoted to panelist? No. Oh, I didn't think so. Okay. But they can call in as a panelist um, oh. if they, so they can be sent the invite and then they can call in as a panelist if, in fact, they are a panelist. Typically, they, they have trouble doing that, though. And so mm -hmm. when we have people that need to be as a panelist, um, they're helping run a meeting, whatever, um, and they call in on a phone. Uh, as a host, you may need to do this, and that would be disable their talking. I mean, enable their talking, so allow them to talk mm -hmm. and allow them to stay unmuted or to mute and unmute themselves, so do not disable their talking. You mm -hmm. can, however, uh, lower their hand. Um, they, as long as they have that mute button, they should stay you know, when they're unmuted, they'll come to the top. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But it gives you just one more person to notice and to kind of ignore as you're going through raised hands and such, right? Mm -hmm. But, yeah. So, okay. That's how we um, the second one is um, I was in a meeting this morning uh, regarding, you know, hosting webinars. And um, someone said that they thought that you could get a transcript of your meeting, not a recording, but a transcript. I don't have never heard of that. They are available. Um, I've never done it. I'm told that they're not real great because they don't necessarily identify who's talking. So it's just, mm -hmm. and it picks up everything. So mm -hmm. it's just an ongoing, you know, verbatim. I think that it has to be set probably in an account. So you mm -hmm. can't just get it as a participant. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing I would just say is that everything that when hosts are running a meeting, I set that meeting the way I want it ran and what I want available. And so really, the, there's not a lot of things that you can do once you're in there. A lot of those things would need to be done at the setting level. You know what I mean? The global setting level mm -hmm. um, for mm -hmm. meetings and or when it was set up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. You bet. Thank you, Lucy. And thank you for being a host. Shannon, you may unmute. 
okay. So hi, I just, hi, Cindy. I so yesterday I noticed something in in a webinar that I was hosting, and I was confused by it, which was that. Um, and I'm not trying to call like call out anything. I'm just genuinely curious. I noticed that the phone numbers were not masked in webinar the way that they are in Zoom. Is that because they are masked the same way in my account? So I wonder which account. What what webinar were you doing? It was the it was the Apple one. It's, and I, oh, I, I it thought, should have been okay. It, it should have it, been there. They are. That's on my account, and I have all of them set to being masked. So in Zoom, okay. in the Zoom meeting, it shows up as masked, but in webinar, it doesn't. It's weird. We are <laughs> um, in a webinar currently, and they are masked. Interesting. Huh. They it, are it masked. Just, it was just very right, was, Sheila. Just, yes, ma'am. Yes, it was just very puzzling to me. I was like, well, I mean, because it doesn't really matter, I suppose, since nobody can see them except for Right. Them. Nobody can see them, and that does make it more safe, but they are masked, and we are in huh. right now, and I'm seeing uh, one, three, eight, six, star, 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 two, eight, eight. Shannon was like, where did all those numbers come from? <laughs> yeah, I was like, there are way too many numbers. I don't no, like this. No, for sure. Yeah. So that's weird. You know, that um, I don't know. I uh, don't know what happened there, but uh, I'll look and make sure that for that presentation, there's not something that's checked or unchecked that shouldn't be. But for this, I mean, for these accounts, they've been set up to mask phone numbers. And that, that particular event is on this account. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Roger, you may unmute. Okay. Um, hi there, I, my friend. Hi there. Uh, one is we just had last week. Uh, I had a severe complaint about the uh, call being recorded when it wanted to be personal. I didn't know that I could just hit control or um, Alt R and it go away. Actually, uh, it had been Alt C for the cloud because it was in the cloud. Okay, but I didn't so, know anything. <laughs> I just told him that the way it was set up. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's all you need to say. And it's not. It was not being streamed. So right. nobody no, really needed to worry. Um, to be frankly honest with you, because of some activities that have been taking place, I'm I'm actually going to be recording all of our calls on our accounts and deleting them after okay. I know that the meeting has gone well because I start to get complaints, and the only way I can verify those complaints is if I go if I'm able to listen to the recording. If a meeting, we had a situation. Actually, in one of Sheila's calls, and <laughs> oh, it was the one time the recording didn't work, right? Right? Yep. The one time it didn't work. Yes, ma'am. And we weren't able to go back and listen, and somebody had had some outbursts, inappropriate outbursts. And, yeah. you know, we, we should have been able to, would have liked to have been able to go back and listen and, you know what I mean, and try and identify that. Could not do it. So, it just okay. Like, the other suggestion I have is you might want to run a short Zoom class for those people using smartphones. Uh, there is a way that, you know, iPhone and some telephone numbers can go away if they're using a smartphone to get there by uh, setting your ID in your iPhone. Uh, I know when this all first started, I used my phone iPhone at first, and I was typing in the uh, nine-digit number and then the password, and I was able to go, I even forgot where it was, but somewhere's in there, I was able to put Roger Dennis, and after I did that, Roger Dennis showed up on sure. the Sure. So, and I, and I think some of them are uh, 
people just, again that are choosing I just thought a, a short, all I'm saying is a short yeah. lesson. All you can, you've covered lesson. that some, haven't you, on Zoom on Zoom? Yes. Yeah, so some of that's been covered on the Zoom on Zoom calls. People should go check those podcasts because they are up there. Okay. And uh, yeah, thank you, okay, Roger. Just, just and, ideas. And uh, Roger. Yes. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> you have been one of, the, I'm serious, you have been one of the most understanding and patient people with me, and I appreciate you so much. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought those are a couple ideas that might be a uh, good thing to promote yeah. because those telephone numbers are a pain in the neck, but I, you know, there's no reason, I don't think, that you should have somebody logged on as iPhone. Uh, I really believe that they could. Sure, they, they can. They can. They just need to go into their settings. I know. Uh, so They yeah. don't know. They don't yeah. know, though. Education. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Roger. Sheila, you have people that still have their hand raised or are still able to talk, so you want to disable their talking after you lower their hand. Okay. Thank you. Uh -huh. Joyce, Joyce, you may unmute. Make sure you lower hand and then uh, disable talking. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Joyce. Joyce, you may unmute. Let's see. Let me see. Oh, it says. There we go. There you are. Hi, Joyce. Uh, hello. Uh, quick question. As an attendee, uh -huh. I sometimes will join about 15 minutes early if I'm trying sure. to do something and things like that. But once in a blue moon, there's either missing information from the link or inaccurate information. What's the best way of trying to get in contact with somebody before that 10 to 5 minute mark when the host is trying to well, get Well there's out? no there's no guarantee that um, I will read the email if it's just like 15 minutes before. I mean I wor I work 9 to 5 central time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> there's I mean I end up working nights, weekends, and uh, you know, people get emails from me all of the time, but I'm not guaranteeing any of that because that's on my, that's not on paid time, right? right. So what I'm going to say to you is that you could look at your, look at your uh, links uh, or your, if you're calling in and make sure that the information is there. Um, I would say with 1100 calls, we've probably had maybe 10 over the last 1100 that there was a problem. So I think our our record's pretty good, but if you come across something, um, you know, definitely reach out, community at acb.org, and there's two of us now that check that email address, and so hopefully we can address it on occasion. Uh, we've we've probably had three times where um, we went to, we've learned, you know, like I said, it's a growing, this has all been growing. One of the things that you can do when you um, have a Zoom meeting in Zoom and it's just a meeting, you can change a meeting from non-recurring to recurring. So you could go and decide, oh gosh, I used that meeting from last week and I and uh, I didn't make it recurring and it's gone or something. So you can go back and you can go in and edit it even though it's passed. But with webinar, once it's over, you can't edit it. And so right. we accidentally... Um, there's been confusion and we've accidentally used a previous webinar that was not recurring for whatever reason. And then we couldn't go back and fix it. And so we had to 
you know what I mean, either create a new meeting or use one that was recurring that still would be able to take place. Um, and so, you know, we've had to, we've sent out emails on the community email list. So that, of course, is the quickest way if we note if we notice a big mistake like that, we try and send out the corrected information there. If I know far in advance, I will try and, of course, change it. Like, say, if you notice it in the weekly, I can change it when I send out the daily schedule. So, certainly the best way is for people to be on, the, on that email list. Um, and look at the phone numbers. I intentionally change phone numbers. We even when people submit the information to me, it's on a different account. I use the Chicago phone number for all of our calls. Um, so it's 312-626-6799. I use that for everything, right? So if you look at a number and it doesn't look right, like one time I had typed it in and it was for the, um, it was for the uh, one time, one tap mobile and I missed a six. So I had written the plus one three one two six two six seven nine nine. I missed that extra six there. And then there was the commas and everything else was right, but that darn one extra six. And so, you know, uh, yeah, that that could happen. But so look at them and see you might be able to figure it out. Um, one tap mobiles include the meeting ID. Um, so if the meeting ID is missing, you could look at the one tap mobile and it's right after the phone number, there's two commas, and then that's the meeting ID. So for some reason, the information's missing the meeting ID, it's probably in the one tap mobile and you could just pull it from there. So just little tips like that. Those are good to know as attendees. And I just encourage you to just look at, because I take... And, and Nat, I probably am driving her nuts because she's, you know, interning with me and I'm teaching her how to do this. And I've been creating kind of like a, a format of how I do stuff. And when you get a Zoom invite from Zoom, if somebody sends you a Zoom invite, you guys know it includes, it says, click on this link. Then there's the meeting ID. Then there's the passcode. Then there's one tap mobile and there's usually two to three phone numbers and includes New Jersey and Chicago and San Francisco or whatever. And then there's, you can choose one of these phone numbers. And then there's a link that says, you know, find the phone number that works best for you. There's a lot of information. And so what I've done is I've put into nice little package. And what I do is the link, one tap mobile phone number, meeting ID, and the passcode. So right. on every one of them. So yeah. So just those. I don't. That's a long way of. I'm glad you brought that up, <laughs> Joyce, because I think that it's really good for all of us to just kind of learn what it looks like, and maybe then if there was an error, right, it would stand out to you quicker. And and then if you see that error, just of course drop me a note and let me know. I think you might want to check this one. It looks like the link might be bad, or it looks. You know what I mean. Yeah, unfortunately, there was one recently where even the OneTap mobile would not go through. So it was one of those that's like, okay, I could have let a community know ahead of time. If, yeah, and there was one call that was scheduled uh, this week, and nobody was able to get in. It was not on my account. So, and it's a, yeah. it's a number we use all the time. And I don't know what happened with that call. I haven't had a chance to reach out to the organizer. So I don't know if that's the one that, you know what I mean, you were having trouble with. Yeah. 
I don't quite remember at this point too many things That's going on in yeah. my life. But Believe me, I anyway, understand. thank you. <laughs> you bet. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Joyce. Hey, Wesley, you may unmute. Hey, Wes. Wesley, you may unmute. Wes. Hey, Cindy. Hey, how's and it going? Pretty good. How are you doing this morning? Um, I'm good. Okay, hang in there. Anyway, and, and Mika or whoever's hosting. But yeah, I just got a question. Whenever they say the media's being streamed, exactly what is that referring to? Playing on ACB radio, just like right now it's being streamed. So Desiree is here and she is streaming it live. Okay, and I see. then it will be made into a podcast. So the beauty of things is, though, as we've expanded and we continue to grow and because... We're doing such an amazing job as a community to keep things really, you know, with the highest of integrity. Um, more opportunities are being offered to us. And so things like the community channel and Facebook group are two of them. And uh, it looks like we may even be getting our own podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned for that. But that, and that means that it won't just be things that are being streamed currently most of the content that is podcast on acb radio on that site under acb hyphen events is stuff that has been streamed live and then is saved as a recording um Mm. but you know it is hoped that we'll be able to start utilizing some of the recordings of great content that isn't streamed live as well so thanks wes yeah and also on the recordings, are those available for public uh, playback? The, the ones that are on acbradio.org slash acb-events, yes. Okay, and there's a lot the, up there. There's over a couple of hundred. And, but they are re- some calls are recorded where the recordings are not available. They, for no, the they'll public. be deleted. We don't... But we don't, those are deleted. Yeah, we do not... I mean, we only have so much iCloud space. We gotcha. do not uh, share things that are like social... You know what I mean? Those kinds of calls and stuff. But are there support groups and stuff? But are there recordings of your calls where they are just kept somewhere else in the iCloud? No, they they are deleted once we don't need them. If they're not going to be, if they're not going to be shared as a podcast, we have no reason to keep them, so we delete them. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, that's all, Cindy. All right, any uh. We have about eight minutes left, and I'm trying to think if there's anything that I may have missed. Oh, my gosh. I covered a lot today, you guys. Um, now, now you have a hand. Okay. <laughs> Who is it? Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Cheryl, one of Hello, my facilitators. Hi, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Cheryl. You're all beautiful inside and out. Um, um, thank you. Hugs to you, my and, friend. Um, yeah, peace be with all of you. Um, the um, uh, thank you. Love love voiceover, but sometimes you just I know. Need to shut it I out. Know. Okay, <laughs> so real quick, um, when like say my workshop the other day was recorded, it wasn't re- it, like it, I don't know was it recorded because it was recorded. It was recorded. It, if it's still available, I would like a copy because I kind of I go over them myself. So my question would my I'm I was going to email you to find out if you're good for it to be podcasted. Um, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, so we will be we'll be putting that up on podcast, and then you'll have access to it. Uh, sure. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank uh-huh. you, love. Okay. You bet. Thank you for all you do. 
I love you guys. I love oh, everybody on the line. Uh, Thank it's, you it's for just, being here. I, I love this community. Thanks, Cheryl. Somebody with the last three, three, seven, four, you may unmute. Okay. I'm sorry. Did you say two, one, five? Yes, that's you. Yep. Okay. Yep. I um. And your name? I appreciate Karen. So hey, Karen. That, that was one of my questions for the other day. I was going to ask, but the man, the guy mentioned it, um, the gentleman mentioned it, or how to change your name. How do you do that? So, because I usually call in. I yeah. usually call in. So, um, are you on a landline? No, my mobile phone. Okay. All right. So, I'm not going to cover that here, but it's going to be in settings. Um, and Mika, does it have to be from the website or can it be from their mobile phone? Can they do it that? It can be from their mobile phone, but you can only get to it. Um, you have you have to have an account, a free Zoom account. You can only get to it from um, you can only get to it from um, like when you're not in a meeting. Yeah. So when you when oh, okay. when you open up the app, um, it it's probably in the in the more. The, the one that's all the way to the far right okay. settings or more. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll try that. Yep. And, okay. Thanks. And I just have one tip for the attendees. Um, there's nothing more nerve wracking than trying to get in, like the lady said, and, and something's just not working. So I always have my voice recorder sitting right there on the table in case I need to pull the number from somewhere else or kind of, like you said, piece it together some type sure. of way. And yeah. Because I'm not going to be able to remember it. I'm like, okay. Because, you know, if you have that voice recorder, you can just kind of piece it together. We all use our own tools, right? right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Karen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hi, Al. You may unmute. Hi, Hi, Al. Good morning, Cindy, Sheila. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, my question, could you go into brief detail? Well, that's a conundrum. Anyways, um, (laughs) uh, about, (laughs) about. Uh, just just briefly about not only the security factor, but the professionalism factor expected from hosts. A little bit more about that. Well, I would say um, I think that asking and expecting, yes, and expecting hosts to be professional at all times, um, speaking from somebody who has been on multiple calls at varying levels throughout several days in a row, throughout several weeks in a row, and also has, you know, family and a dog and other things going on in my life. Um, I recognize that people might have, you know, you might be tired, you might not be feeling well. I mean, I actually am usually pretty wired because you guys all make me that way I get high off of you but uh but um you know the other day I got on a call and I had a foot cramp and I was trying really hard to just do my job and you know what I mean um another time I and thank goodness everybody was so patient I walked it off but that was terrible you know and I'm trying to get somebody to be the host and so you know um I think that's where, you know, grace comes in when people are a little patient and when we're trying to, and sometimes Zoom doesn't work right, but no matter what, we want to treat people with respect and professionalism. I, I did mention this earlier means we are not talking badly about other people. We um, are being supportive. We are there to support our facilitators 
We are there to assist attendees in knowing how to raise their hand and how to unmute and mute and the reasons why. And, um, you know, we're, we're there to make sure that people are aware of the security measures that we've put in place, but not just tell them, but explain why. So, and uh, I think it's all about how we say things, the delivery. And, um, and I'm going to say that I think it's, and this is just, uh, everybody has their moments and I think that we need to own them when we when we step away from maybe our best. And, um, you know, I know one day I came in and I was in the middle of a staff meeting. I was not supposed to leave, but I had to jump in and start a call that, it, anyway, I wasn't able to be started by the person that was going to start it. And so it was kind of last minute. I was made aware that it hadn't gotten started. I was not late, by the way. I was not late. It was before it started. But I jumped off of my staff meeting and jumped into the call. And people are talking like they do because it was a social call. And I had to ask people to please stop talking because I was trying to get somebody as host. And Zoom wasn't cooperating. And I know I apologized several times and asked people and thanked people as I went. I still felt like I was short because I was trying to, you know what I mean, get something done quickly. But I don't believe I ever crossed being unprofessional. And um, and then I jumped out of there and left the host in control um, of, the, of the call. So I think, you know, sometimes people, I, I don't, nobody ever complained about that particular situation. But I, you know, I understand sometimes people might rub people the wrong way. I think, I think we just, sometimes we need to offer a little grace to people because, you know, it could be that they're having trouble with their technology or their dog just crapped next to their foot or, you know, <laughs> I mean, you don't know. I mean, <laughs> sick or whatever. Yeah. You know? sending, sending it is three. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> anyway, I think definitely we want people to be professional as facilitators, as hosts, and we all want to offer each other grace. This is a tough time. I appreciate all of you for being a part of our community. I'm proud of what we've created together, and I am grateful to each of you for being a part of it. So thanks again, Desiree, for uh, streaming, Mika for assisting, and Sheila for hosting. And take care, and watch. We'll be doing this again in the future. Take care.